Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello there guys and welcome to my team selector ahead of the game against Aston Villa tomorrow night. FA Cup full round replay. A big game for Chelsea, one of the biggest in terms of potential route into Europe this year. Of course, we got the Carabao Cup final at the end of this month. If Chelsea were to get through tomorrow night, the fifth round would be against either Leeds or Plymouth. So a potential decent route into the last eight if Chelsea could somehow beat Aston Villa. But unfortunately, given how disastrous the last week has been, for Chelsea, for Mauricio Pochettino and also factoring in the quality and strength of Aston Villa, not only in terms of their squad tactically, but also their confidence level at Villa Park. It's a it's a steep task for Chelsea. It really is. And I think there is very little optimism. And I think rightly so that tomorrow night is going to end positively for Pochettino. But we're going to get into the preview today by looking at Aston Villa and then also the potential of a new formation that we did discuss on the show yesterday. But as we always do, reactions to the press conference. Mauricio Pochettino expectedly facing some awkward questions regarding his current job, regarding Ben Chirwell's interview post-game as the captain after that Wolves defeat on Sunday, where Ben Chirwell effectively said, he said it you know, word for word. They wanted it more. Wolves wanted it more. And feels like Pochettino was kind of um, really trying to defend his players as much as possible. And unfortunately, the reaction to some of his answers, not only the Ben Sherwell one, but that's the one that really stands out, only hurts his reputation amongst Chelsea fans currently and only grows the perception that maybe it's that classic coach at the end of his tenure kind of maybe losing grip on the situation. And I think that unfortunately, like from a press conference point of view, I think those are two blunders in a row for Pochettino. I think firstly, not having a go or taking responsibility for the mascot thing. Some people may think it's a a small thing, but I don't think it is. I think it's it's about leadership. It's about responsibility. It's also about respect and care for supporters. I think that was reflected in a lot of the angry backlash to that last week. And the fact that Pochettino could have easily gone, it's a terrible situation. The players should have been better in that moment. Someone should have taken responsibility. The fact that he just absolved his players of responsibility was not a good sign. Then we have the defeat to Wolves. We hear what Ben Chirwell says, and he's coming out trying to bend himself basically into a pretzel to try and defend Chirwell. And to me, it's like, it's not that complicated for Pochettino. I think that all we had to do there, we all heard what Chilwell said. Everyone who watched the game made that conclusion. Now, there are some people, I've made this point before, I think there are some fans who just want to be lied to in press conferences and maybe just want Pochettino to come out and play the Mourinho greatest hits line. But there's no point in him coming out and saying, we did want it more, because... 
that's just not that's not accurate from what we saw on Sunday. And admitting that Wolves wanted it more also doesn't mean the end of the world either. He could have come out and said, yes, they wanted it more, but that's completely unacceptable that we put ourselves into that situation. We're reassessing how we got to this place over the past week where we've gone to two games and roundly beaten. It's not what I expect of Chelsea. It's not what I expect of my players. And I've got to take responsibility as well. These are all things that I think would have been perfectly acceptable. I think when you start deflecting and trying to make excuses and looking like someone that's not really dealing with the reality of the situation, it's not going to buy him a lot of favour. It, it really isn't. And I, I don't think I have much sympathy for him at the moment when he's giving answers like that that don't really help his case, especially on the eve of a big game. That, Given the nature of reports at the moment, yes, yeah, sure, really want to portray that Pochettino is not going to be sacked. It foot, Football works really quickly. If Chelsea are roundly beaten again, and let's say Chelsea lose convincingly, let's say we lose like 4-1 again, it's another convincing defeat. It would be what then, you know, 12 goals conceded. I think it is in, in three games. That is something that, you know, is going to, add extra pressure. There's about 6,000 Chelsea fans, I believe, going to Villa Park tomorrow. So they're going to make their voices heard and that could be directed in a negative way. So, you know, it's just, it's the worst platform. I, I understand and appreciate that he, he, you know, as any under pressure head coach, him saying the right thing isn't going to gain him lots and lots of favour. Obviously, people still feel negatively about things at Chelsea at the moment, but it was just bad. Let's look at Aston Villa quickly. Uh, their form recently has been a little bit patchy. Um, they did win convincingly against Sheffield United, but Sheffield United do look like one of the worst Premier League teams ever. Um, they are clearly going back down to the championship and, and made it very easy for Aston Villa to stroll food, but that was a big win for them. I think the, the most relevant result for them recently came at Villa Park, and it was the first team to win at Villa Park as an opponent for a very long time. In the Premier League, it was almost a year, and that was Newcastle last week. So they have had, um, as I say, some ups and downs in recent weeks, that kind of hope just before Christmas that maybe, just maybe, Aston Villa under Unai Emery could plot a title charge. I think that has gone now, but Champions League football and the idea of silverware, I think, is very much up for grabs for, for Aston Villa. And I, obviously, this is kind of a big route for them to get there. And when you look at some of the, the talent on, on display for, for Aston Villa and, and what makes them tick as a team, I mean, I think Yuri Tielemans is a very talented midfielder. Looks like he kind of lost his way at Leicester, but it looks like he's made the right decision by moving to Aston Villa and playing this kind of 4-4-1-1 formation that means that Tielemans is kind of threading things together. He's getting on the end of chances. He's creating chances as well. And there's so much energy in that team. John McGinn, I think, is is just a wildly underrated player in terms of how much he gives that team and how long he's been at that club as well. You've got the talent of Leon Bailey. I mean, Petrovic had to make some big saves in that second half to keep Chelsea in the tie. Ollie Watkins, we know the talent of him in front of goal. But it's not just the fact that he's top scorer for Aston Villa this season with 11. He's made 10 goals. So he is a, an elite creative player for them as well. So it shows you the all-round striker that Chelsea wish they had currently. In terms of goals per game, from an attacking point of view, they're only behind Man City and Liverpool in the Premier League. They're 17th for XG conceded. And they only lost twice at Villa Park in the last 12 months. One of those was, as we discussed, Newcastle. 
but one was to Everton all the way back at the start of the season. So this is a big, big task for Chelsea. You are facing uh, and going to a ground that is formidable. And unfortunately, Chelsea in this kind of environment are susceptible to collapse. Look at Anfield, look at Old Trafford, look at Goodison Park, look at St. James's Park. Even Luton, despite the fact we won that game, we did collapse in the last 10-15 minutes. So there is little evidence that Chelsea can ride the waves of pressure and not collapse. And the structure that's been put in place by the head coach is going to be rigid enough to withstand that pressure that will come tomorrow. Chelsea are going to have to do a lot of defending. And I, I just think that that's why Pochettino may just change formation. I spoke about this yesterday that it does make me laugh how many Chelsea head coach in recent, coaches in recent years, have, have, with the exception of Maurizio Sarri. Sarri's the one exception because he's he loves the 4-3-3. But nearly every one of them at times, at periods, usually under pressure, has gone to a free at the back. And I think it's understandable given the number of goals conceded. This is quite a regular thing I see with head coaches when you've had a flurry of really bad defensive performances. You think, oh, I'll add an extra defender. Does it add long-term improvement on your team? Are you then really going away from anything you're trying to build? Maybe. But I think for, must, you know, it needs must, I think, for the time being. And I also think there are some players that maybe could benefit from a free at the back system. Petrovic in goal. Um, the back three, Chalabar, whether Chalabar's fully fit or not, I think he very much would feel a right centre-back role for me. He's played the role consistently for Chelsea, but to throw him in and start against Aston Villa is probably a big ask. But he has kept on saying, Pochettino, that he is close to, to joining the first team and playing games. So it's either going to be Chalabar or Dezassi because I think that um, it's quite clear, actually, that uh, Levi Colwell is not going to be ready for this game or it's unlikely Maybe if Chalabar isn't ready, my alternative option here is Alfie Gilchrist on the right side of the fence, a back three, because, you know, I just don't think Dezassi, again, he's showing, you know, unfortunately just not good enough levels to play for Chelsea. And I think Gilchrist would add a level of energy, a level of maturity that he offered in the first game against Villa a couple of weeks ago. And I think it'd be a big opportunity. Thiago Silva was awful at the weekend, but... We know in the middle of a back three, he can still put in some very, very good performance and add that protection. Benoit Badia-Shil is a natural left centre-back. We've got natural left centre-backs. You probably should be playing them. Again, a player that is in really bad form, but I think with the right structure can still turn things around and, and still show his, his quality, which we know he has as a defender. Right wing back, Malo Gusto. Hopefully this gives him more licence to bomb down the flank and, and add an overlap at times. Obviously, Ben Chilwell at left wing back, a role that has, where he's played his best football for Chelsea. There's kind of no two ways about it. You think about the Champions League run under Thomas Tuchel. You think about the start of the following season. Even some performances under Graham Potter last season was at wing back. So um, it allows Chilwell that a license to really add a threat in the final third. And he was really exploited in a bad way on Sunday. Um, then I get into my midfield too. I want to start Carney Chukwameka. Now, with starting a back three, you kind of are forced into, you, you are limited unless you are throwing a winger at wing back, which I'm not doing for this game. Chukwameka at number six. I, I, I just can't see this happening, but it is a role that Chukwameka has played in his career. He played it pretty effectively in uh, basically the youth ranks of England when he was developing as a player. I think he's got the stature 
to potentially develop into that role. I still think it will be Enzo Fernandez, to be honest, but to try and get Chukwameka in this team, because I'd love to see him start a game and add that technical ability. I think the link-up he has with other players, I just couldn't believe he didn't start on Sunday. So so I'd like to see him start. Moises Caicedo, the thing you always hope, and one of the things that benefited Chelsea when we moved to this system under Tuchel was that it allowed basically containing space it was about stopping the wide gaps that we saw so consistently under Frank Lampard that really hurt Chelsea on a consistent basis and that would be my ideal for this formation is that you don't see these major gaps between Moises Caicedo and his midfield partner um, if that is Enzo Fernandez, if that is someone else if that's Conor Gallagher moving into a deeper role which we know he can play and I think that that in itself is is part of the problem for Pochettino, is the structure of the team has looked so wrong and has been so easy to exploit. So that's one of the things he really needs to work on. And I, I think it's going to be majorly important tomorrow night, where Chelsea, again, are probably going to have to play on the counter a little bit. Even though they did do well in holding possession against uh, Aston Villa, I, I, I have my concerns over that. Then we get into the front three. I think two behind uh, a striker would be Cole Palmer, Top player, Chelsea's best player so far this season, now hitting 10 league goals. Christopher Nkunku didn't play all of the game on on Sunday, but I'd like to see him start this one as well. If he doesn't start, then I would play Karni Chukwameka in this role. So just to give a little bit of flexibility to myself, if if Chukwameka is going to feature in this game and start, then you very naturally play him in kind of that inside forward role. But I think for both of these players, it makes a lot of sense. I think they don't operate at their best as the number nine. I think they need a number nine to attract attention, to create space, to make decoy runs, to to add a physical edge, but then gives them the license to do what they do best with Palmer and Nkunku floating in behind defences. I think both of them in in different ways can provide that. And um, I I think that that's why I'd like to see Palmer and Nkunku very much float around a centre forward and to see what that could, could bring to Chelsea's attack. Number nine has to be Nicholas Jackson. Um, he did miss a chance on Sunday, but again, I, 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 for me, he has to be starting for Chelsea uh, now that we've got him back. And and again, I'd, I'd like to see how he links up with Nkunku. I thought that link up was very promising in preseason. Even at Crystal Palace a few weeks ago, um, those two started together and, and looked like they could form a decent partnership. So that for me is my team. Uh, whether you agree with three at the back, whether you agree with some of my selection decisions, I think we are kind of at a stage now where we are we are talking about so many problems and fundamental problems or just in some ways basic issues with the squad of of wanting it more adding that aggression um and tactical structure that whether it's a three or a four you know you can play a three four three but if spaces and the structure of it is is not is not sorted out you know you're still going to get exploited if individual players are not put in the sufficient roles to help them another thing i was going to say about central midfield was Maybe some people have been calling for Casado to press up the pitch a bit more. I think this role with a back three, where you'd have maybe Chalabar or Silva or Badiashil or Gusto or Chilwell, where at times you can see those players very much um, go inwards and, and take up a central midfield role if they need to, where Casado can then move forward and press a little bit more. It's not maybe as proactive as some people would want, where they'd want, as I say, an extra attacking player, but I'm I'm just trying to think about Pochettino's approach to this game. I think it says a lot that there was a report about a potential change in formation from a reliable source in Nazar Kinsella. Whether he goes through with it or not, 
We'll find out tomorrow, but I think this is the best route to go. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch this show. If you're a Chelsea fan and you want more carefree content, please do hit that subscribe button. Really helps the channel out as well as the like button and sharing it around with friends so more people can get involved in the community. And you can follow Son of Chelsea across socials at Son of Chelsea on TikTok, on Instagram and on X. Thank you. Podcast Network.